3: Welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host Chris Broder, we're joined as always by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing? What's going down?
1: I am the best person I can be at this point in the week. Um, uh, Chris, uh, (laughs) yesterday me and my partner went to go and look at little, little dog dog, little puppy dog. Little puppy dog dog. So um, we are about to welcome uh, into our lives a a brand new little life, a little puppy dog dog. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a nice time with the new dog. dog. So I had the best Sunday. Started off, I ate um, last night, uh, Sunday morning, I ate last night's curry. And then uh, I went to a car boot, bought myself an Amstrad emailer. Are you familiar with, with an Amstrad emailer? Uh, isn't
3: that something from like the nineteen eighties
2: or nineteen? Well, it, it was from
1: from the early two thousands to right. mid nineties. It was when. Email was kind of really kicking off in the country, uh, and Alan Sugar's uh, company Amstrad, him of the UK Apprentice TV show, uh, decided that they were going to create um, something called an Amstrad Emailer. The half, like kind of like a halfway house between a computer and a um, tablet and a mobile phone, I suppose, or, or like mm-hmm. it was basically just like a some way somewhere you could do emails with a little keyboard uh, next to your next to your phone in in the hallway. It was like an analog way of sending emails, kind of, um, mm-hmm. but it was. Um, uh, it was very unsuccessful <laughs> But I saw one boxed at a car boot And I was like I need that I'm sorry emailer, I need it I want it I'm going to have it
3: I love I, I one of the I've actually read Alan Sugar's uh, autobiography a few times um, yeah. it's it's so fascinating he, you know he's born to a working class background East End London built mm-hmm. an electronics empire pretty much out of nothing um, for so much of the book is set in Japan because back then 70s 80s Japan dominated a lot of the hardware Yeah, and it's just fascinating uh, hearing his stories come in Japan he's like <laughs> he really doesn't like Japan from for what right. I can tell all the food all the culture he was there's a chapter where he's like we well, he sat in a hot Spring, it was horrible. The water was really hot. I knew we had some raw fish, it wasn't even cooked. And it's just like this
1: is brilliant that, listening right. to this.
3: And, uh, he's, he's,
1: a, he's a man who, um, Amstrad. You know, I, 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 my first computer was an Amstrad CBC 6128, and it was a a lovely little computer. But I mean, he, they the company has a reputation of selling some pretty. Um, pretty rough stuff back in the 80s. They would they would sort of take what the Japanese were doing with hi-fi separates and basically make hi-fi, hi-fi separates mm-hmm. but in one block so that they would be kind of like connected to each other so like you wouldn't have to kind of like mix and match. You just had a, a fully... Made kind of like you know pull out kind of system that you could just that was just all one block basically. So it's like yeah, it was for it was kind of like getting something that looked quite
3: nice but sounded terrible because the innards <laughs> just were not very good.
1: <laughs> well,
3: I think Amstrad's strategy was to basically take premium Japanese products and make them very cheap and sell them yeah. to British consumers. While Japanese yeah. people appreciate quality and premium goods, British people kind of value. Value products, right? We want value for money. Mm -hmm. And uh, Amstrad ticked that box. My first computer was an Amstrad when I was a kid. I don't remember what it was. I remember Mm. we'd feed in like a cassette. A, a bloody cassette into it, and you put a four six four, on and, probably probably yeah, four six four. That was a,
1: that was a tape system. It used to have um, green
3: and red um, keys on the cassette recorder. Mm, so that that was it, it. Yeah, Getting very yeah. nostalgic now. Nice, well, I feel yeah. bad because Amstrad were having it. You know, they were a bit dodgy some of their stuff, but for the most part, <laughs> it was good. And then in the nineties, they commissioned some sort of computers, and they used, I think, hard drives made by Seagate, and mm. Seagate had fucked the hard drives which basically didn't work and so they sold thousands of computers that didn't work properly right. and it destroyed their brand pretty much overnight and made them into this sort of unreliable brand that and I think they sued uh, Seagate later on down the line for a few hundred million dollars or something but uh, they they used yeah, to um, unfortunately
1: the, the the when you had like um I think it was something like so so they dominated the eight bit market along with the um Sinclair spectrum. Mm-hmm. And well, we didn't we didn't come here talk computers, but we're doing we it anyway. So, you know, Otaku's pin your ears back. Um they dominated the eight bit era with, with some, you know, really solid stuff. But they, I think I believe um Spain or maybe Greece had an agreement with the government that um Companies who sold 16-bit machines Mm. um, were would not be, or, or machines with a certain amount of RAM in them. Certain amount of uh, read, read, uh, random access memory, you know, readable, writable memory, um, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they, it would be cheaper to kind of sell them, and you could make more money off them basically because the tax was much lower because it was a new system, and they wanted to up, update all of the computers that were available in that country. I think mm. it was either Spain or, or Greece, um, and so Amstrad started shipping computers with extra memory, which would technically make yeah. them sixteen-bit machines, but. I'm fairly certain they didn't wire up the pathways for that <laughs> it RAM. Didn't work. So it didn't actually, it contained <laughs> that RAM, but it had no way of access, accessing it. I believe that was the case. It's a lovely little quirk, um, just proper like Barrow Boy kind of attitude from that company. Just sort of like, oh, come on, yeah, I'll we'll just stick a bit of RAM in it. Ah, 16-bit in it. Um, but yeah, and, <laughs> and, and the, the, in the way that like um, Mario was to Nintendo, the, the big kind of like poster boy for Nintendo and Sonic was the animal that represented Sega. Mm. Around the like eighty-eight bit, sixty-bit era, companies and 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 computer manufacturers, they tried to make their own kind of system seller. They tried to make their own character that would sell um, video game systems. And uh, I keep meaning to sort of make a little video about it on YouTube because there's not that much stuff on YouTube about this one character uh, called Roland. Roland was the uh, AmSoft Amstrad uh, little little uh, guy. But it was literally just whoever came to make um, video games for Amstrad, Amstrad would sort of go, "Can you just can you just rename that?" A game about being in a cave uh, Roland in the cave please and they <laughs> pretended that each, even they had, they had no similarities across the whole thing Roland looked different in every single game it was just shitty oh kind God. of like platformy games and they would just put they would just say yeah that's Roland in this one it was really <laughs> funny how they would just brand up Roland on the ropes Roland goes square bashing Roland in the cave so Roland through time and it was just all the games they didn't have anything to, to do with each other but they were all called Roland because they tried to create like this mascot that was going to sell, sell systems like Forested, who went skiing and went all over the gaff uh, uh, over on the spectrum. Really cheap stuff. I love it.
3: It was a simple time. If In only time. <laughs> a simple time <laughs> when companies <laughs> could be bothered to make actual yep. characters of their own that were good. But uh, yeah, I'd love to uh, get Alan Sugar. Uh, titan of industry to come to Japan and do like a travel series where he just bumbles around Japan being unimpressed by the (laughs) food the cuisine the people what is this this fish oh it's horrible this is oh god it'd be fucking brilliant it's always That'd just so
1: disappointing, these these people who have the capacity and the finances to do whatever they want. You know, they, they they have the capacity to to go wherever they want and experience the whole world and do every have all experiences that the man on the street can't have because they don't have that amount of money
3: and they absolutely hate being abroad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't blame them in the sense that back in the day... To come to Japan, you know, I forgot about this when I was reading the book, Uh, to go to Japan via, from the UK, you have to always go via Alaska, like back Mm. in the day, because obviously the USSR, you couldn't fly over Soviet Russia and you couldn't fly over Mm. that way. So they had to stop in in Alaska and Anchorage (laughs) and and it must have been one hell of a journey. Mm. And I remember reading that and thinking, oh, thank God we don't have to do that now. And now we do. Admittedly, we don't have to stop in Anchorage. We get to fly over it. But now the flight route is exactly the same way that he would have done back in the 80s. So it's all come full circle. Uh, we've got yeah. a story this week from Luke. Uh, tune in next week for Retro Tech with Pete Donaldson. Yeah, we've got a story like. this week from uh, Luke from the UK. He begins, hi, Chris and Pete. My name's Luke, and I'm from the UK. And I'd love, love to congratulate Chris and Charlotte on the wonderful news. That's right, guys. If you missed it, we're engaged. We haven't talked about it much, apart from every social media post but uh, it's good news it's very happy I'm very happy and let's carry on back in late December 2019 I watched an old video of Chris's where he mentioned an app called Hello Talk I decided to give it a go and soon I was speaking to a girl who lived in Tokyo we decided that I'd help her with English uh, we became pretty good friends texting each other almost every day and decided that when I visit Japan in May 2020 we would meet up we'd continue to speak to each other almost every single day and we'd both expressed the desire to be more than just friends Aww. when Japan re- this, this is brilliant with Hello Talk right when I did the uh, the sponsorship thing, where I mentioned them years ago, I, they specifically told me, like, make sure you don't encourage this as a dating app. And, like, the only thing anyone has ever used it for is to hook up with people or flirt with is people. Is that right? Because why not? Interesting. Wow. You can blame them. I mean, go. it's just a, you know, you can see why. Anyway. Uh, we, When Japan reopened its borders, I booked to visit for two weeks in January 2023. <gasps> that was just last month. We met yeah. up as planned, and she suggested we make a plan to meet up every other day while I was in Japan to spend some time <laughs> together. We made plans for the next three times we'd meet before we said our goodbyes. I thought it went really well, but the night before, we'd planned to meet up again. She texted me and said she couldn't go, and that she was sorry she couldn't meet up. I responded and was promptly ignored for the following four days. She hadn't even opened my message after those four days, and I messaged her again, asking if she could, at the very least, let me know if she was okay, as I was worried about her well-being. I actually received a response to this, just four words, I'm okay, I'm sorry, Uh... knowing now that she was, in fact, just ignoring me. I asked if I'd done something wrong. Six days pass and it's around 6pm the day before I'm due to leave Japan when I finally receive a response. She basically tells me that she struggled to accept the real me and that I was more shy and less talkative than she expected, rounding it off by saying she felt a gap because she set her expectations too high. Oh my god, I still enjoyed my time in Japan anyway, doing everything we'd planned to do together alone. Uh, had I known she would ignore me the entire time I was there, I probably would have strayed further away from Tokyo during my trip. Love the podcast and all the videos. Luke from the UK. A warning there, I'm not to flirt with people from Hello Talk lest you get rejected and (laughs) ruin your trip to japan sorry to hear that late luke that's that's just a really shit thing what a that's, That's just harsh, isn't it? Oh, sorry I didn't be up to you, You were shit. Like, fucking mm-hmm. hell. I don't know. But I think you build these things
1: up and you build these people up in your mind. And I think Luke um, seems um, refreshingly sanguine about the whole situation. Like, he's, he's sort of not... He doesn't express a particular, like, that was gutted that that, sh- that I somehow didn't provide what she needed from me. <laughs> and he was not particularly um, offended by it by the sounds of things. And, and, and investing that amount of time in something, I mean, I just hope that, uh, you know, your language... Sort of levels kind of improve, but Luke. Uh, but I'm 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 uh, I'm glad you're um, slightly, you know, relaxed about it all. Um, Have you ever had it
3: all in your stride? Online date like that that went into per- like in real life and then didn't go as planned. I think I've well, I mean I guess that.
1: it's but yeah. it's but it's kind of like people having like dates isn't it? It's people like they're just having normal kind of Tinder dates, so isn't it? Where you talk for it, talk 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 talk, talk for true, ages, true. and then for whatever reason it just doesn't click, and you know you throw um, uh, the, the 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 rarefied um, uh, pressurised air of a um, <laughs> pressurised air pressurized air of a of, of 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 a new country a holiday and a language barrier as well i mean wow it's uh, it, it really has ramp it up so yeah well so un- unlucky look but you know plenty more chats in the sea so to speak <laughs> yeah plenty
3: more biscuits in the tin yeah, uh, but exactly. yeah there you go use hello talk for educational purposes not romance <laughs> i remember years ago it must have been 2015 when i first came across it i did have like a thing with a girl on there and we talked for it must have been you know days on end uh and then one day she just sort of ghosted me and i was like oh Mm. all right then fucking hello talk god damn it brought nothing but pain pain to the world (laughs) i damn this app give me some news Pete. cheer me up enough hello talk enough romance gone wrong
1: well i mean
3: i guess we're i guess we're
1: um we're over uh, Valentine's Day. We're past that, but... Uh, well, especially is it after okay? this failed romance. We're talking all things dates here, Chris. Is it okay to split the bill on a date in Japan? A survey asks what women and men of different ages think. What's your policy on on splitting the bill? Uh, do you have to have uh, gone out with somebody for a little while before you start splitting the bill, or or do you kind no, of no. start splitting the bill and then as you become a codependent relationship, you kind of um, rotate back to
3: to fifty fifty? How does that work? No, I make them pay for the bill from day one, <laughs> and then just just go for them every time. No, yeah. no. All right, I think I don't know. I think with Charlotte, we we absolutely do it sort of fifty fifty. I don't know, maybe, maybe I do it 60% of the time. Maybe she yeah. does it 60% of the time. I don't keep count. But we do, I think it's 50-50 pretty much. And mm. I'd say, I I think on the, you know, first dates and whatnot, I always try and pay and, you know, be nice. But I don't know, what's, what does Japan think about it all?
1: Well, <laughs> um, Japanese dating app, another dating app, an actual dating app, oh, so to speak. More. Uh, uh, (coughs) Omiyai recently conducted a poll of 217 men and 247 women who have a romantic partner asking for their take on the situation Uh, some people may think that young women uh, may be of the mindset that it's the guys duty to uh, pay Uh, female respondents in their teens and 20s were actually the least likely to say that they wanted men to pay for everything that sentiment started rising rapidly among women in their 30s though and kept going up from there so if you are going out with a 75 year old uh, woman from Japan she will expect you to front (laughs) all of the bill at Mackie D's (laughs) Um, Fortuitously, for the women who want the guy to cover all dirty expenses, the proportion of guys who said they want to do so was slightly larger than the women in their age group uh, on the other side of that arrangement, with the exception of those in their 40s. For some reason, people in their 40s go, nah, you're all right. Uh, The majority of women in their team said their preference is to split the costs more or less evenly, which is the largest response among 27 women as well. So it's 20-something women uh, as well. So it just seems to be... Uh, as opposed to twenty, thirty years ago, there's more willingness to split restaurant checks and other expenses, uh, as 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 pe as people um as we grow and learn as as a nation and mm. uh, as an international community. Uh, there is a steady but tran- uh, but gradual uh, transition to the man uh, covering more and more expenses among older couples. So there you go. Maybe that's society. Maybe that's just something deep within us. Maybe it's our own preconceived ideas about the male-female uh, connection. Uh, well, certainly I mean, I in know. Japan, yeah. yeah, that's the one I mean, it's I mean none of this deals with same-sex relationships or everything else in between. So <laughs> maybe we'll need another one from that. Maybe Omiyae needs to, needs to pull their finger out, so to
3: speak, and find yeah, out. Yeah, I who mean, wants to check. I'd say this is more about Japan sort of becoming more gender equal in the sense that uh, before, like, men would have to for everything and whatnot back in the day but also on the on the flip side of that when you go to Japanese work parties which I haven't done in a long time Mm. uh, the female staff are expected to be like a hostess play like a hostess role right um which I forgot to write in my book and I'm really annoyed. I need to go see if I can re-edit my bloody book. But Just the, release I a maybe, Google Doc, <laughs> mate. <laughs> <laughs> Use chat GBT to write the whole thing next time. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, female colleagues, even if they're a supervisor, they'd be expected to basically rush to the bottle of sake, rush to the wow. bottle of beer and pour for everyone at work mm. parties. I always found that a bit... Weird and a bit like, oh, this, shouldn't we help? And the guy's like, no, no, no. And the women were like, no, 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 no. You sit there. It's yeah. our job now. I always found that a bit like, oh, this is. It's not good. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, it's not great,
1: is it? I mean, it's servitude thought of in a slightly different way, a more honorific thing to do in, in Japan. Mm. I would suggest that it has nothing to do with it, and it's very much just um, old men being old men. And I, I, I mean, I think women. I'm not going to speak for women, certainly not. Wouldn't even attempt it. Um, do but it, I would do say it. they'd probably be. I think. I think they'd probably be more likely to want to split the bill if they got paid the same as men, which they don't. So, almost <laughs> the world
3: over. Fair point, but yeah, this is this is interesting, and, uh, like equality is getting better in Japan generally, slowly but surely, slowly but surely. Uh, we're back just a moment, guys. We have stories, comments, and questions in the fax machine. Da da.
2: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.
1: In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up they can start to affect us negatively which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inattention so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it.
3: And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week hello. from our listeners, Mr. Dalsam?
1: What are you <laughs> I, said and Brian I said Tata before the break, and I said hello after the break. Uh, hi, Pete and Chris. i got a question based on Chris's recent new uh, good news. Uh, what does a Japanese wedding look like? How do they differ from the wedding ceremonies we have in the UK? Have you ever been to one? Michael, from England. Chris, have you ever been to a, a Japanese wedding? I've walked past a few uh, in the shrine uh, in... Is it Himeji? Himeji Shrine? Near um, Harajuku? that little uh, one Yogi park no always having always having them in there with the and, and the bride always has that big egg like queen Amidala job going on
3: <laughs> what is the name of that shrine i think no it's meiji yeah sorry meiji meiji shrine. just That's meiji right okay um she the chocolate company or the castle yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> take your pick i like a i ch- never <laughs> just a big fucking meiji chocolate Shrine. Now that's something. <laughs> that is where I'd have my wedding. You know, I don't think I've ever been to a Japanese wedding, like a pure Japanese wedding, in the sense. I went to my friend Nick' uh, his wedding last mm. year, but he, you know, he's not Japanese, and neither is his wife Angela. So right. it wasn't like a true, authentic Japanese wedding. From what I understand and hear, uh, Japanese weddings are quite. Formal. They don't all dance around to eighties music like Whitney Houston and Come On Eileen, like mm. all the other bloody weddings I used to work on. There's no like, it's 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 way more formal. There's a lot more speeches, endless speeches, um, and it's sort of just everyone eats cake. But I, but and also weirdly, they get um, just foreign white guys or whatever to play like a priest at the wedding and get right. them to sort of officiate the wedding, and uh, which I've always found a bit odd. But it's kind of this trend To make it feel like an old You know th- w- What I didn't know One thing I didn't know in Japan Is um, People don't get engaged They don't do The whole engagement ring thing Because When I mentioned to Natsuki That uh, I proposed to Charlotte And got her a ring He was like Wow married And I was like No not yet One day <laughs> Engaged and then Natsuki and Charlotte were like, oh, yeah, they don't do that in Japan. And I was like, what? What? They just go straight from zero to 100, basically, <laughs> and sign the documents and then have a ceremony. So it's a lot faster. I think some people do get engaged, but for the most part, yeah, it's not a part of Japanese culture. So Interesting. Yeah. But I haven't just, been to one. Straight in. So how, so how does that actually work then? You sort of go... Mm-hmm. We're getting married tomorrow. <laughs> How
1: yeah. does that happen?
3: And they go yes, and then yeah. you go down the just You go down right. the, the no. I d- yeah, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of it. Um, I, I think, think you have to buy two rings. You don't. Yeah, you would have to buy all the wedding ring. You'd have to, you have you get the wedding ring, but you don't get the engagement ring. Um, mm. That's the expensive uh, one,
1: isn't it? The old engagement yeah. ring. That's the that's the save money. One.
3: Mm. And but also at Japanese weddings, one not so good thing is the guests have to pay for the wedding. They turn up and you basically pay to attend it right? right which is probably good for the marriage couple the married couple right but it's quite expensive I went, the one I went to is quite a bit Um, it, it kind of felt good to pay f- for their wedding a little bit but on the h- mm. other hand yeah Japanese weddings expensive to to pay feels a bit weird doesn't it you know if I was going to have a it wedding it does. you'd be annoyed if you just night do as pay. well if you're just being allowed to the night do rather than the church <laughs> I'm
1: not paying for yeah, this you get a, you oh, get a, a all for all of that
3: <laughs> It'd be like oh, yeah. yeah if you paid to the, if you come to the just the evening, you still have to pay some money um mm. so yeah, it's expensive, it's expensive so, <laughs> but I, I haven't been to one, and um I don't think I ever will, I don't think I know any Japanese friends are getting married oh, anytime soon unfortunately, uh although I don't like weddings given that I worked on two hundred at leeds castle, but if when I have my wedding probably next year in the summer or something, I'll make sure it's good. I always, I always said I wouldn't really have a good wedding. I was just, I'd just do like a really small one for like ten people in a room. Mm. But the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, well, uh, you know, it's a good chance to have everyone there for like a good reason, all in one day, right? If yeah, you, know what I mean.
1: you can't, you can't scrimp. You can't scrimp and save. Really, you've got to, you've got to go all out. Or you've got to
3: do, you know. I'll just make, make all the guests once, pay, though Hopefully, I'll make them all pay. <laughs> Sounds really sinister. I'll make them pay. I'll make them, I'll pay. Make them pay. We got one here from Brandon. <laughs> From Virginia, He says, Greetings, Chris is cool co host and Pete's platonic yeah. partner. One thing I've always wondered was how you introduce yourself in Japan as a foreigner. I doubt it would matter much for a tourist, but do you adapt by saying your family name first or keep the Western convention? Is there ever confusion that people might think your family name is Kurisu? Uh, congratulations on your engagement, Brandon from Virginia. Uh, I mean, people in Japan know a lot of Western names. I think Chris is one of them. So they wouldn't assume <laughs> my first name is just Broad. Broad-san. Yeah. Hello, my name is Broad. Uh, no. So And I, and I introduced myself just going, oh, Kurisu Tomoshimasu. Kurisu Like... Tomoshimas. Uh, Tomoshimas. It's kind of like the more polite way, right? Of being like, Chris Gash. Chris What yo. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, one thing you should never do is go, Watashi no namai wa Chris Desh. Like, no. nobody does that. You don't no, the go... Thing, the thing that you name. literally get taught
1: in, in the Japan lesson. I know, all right? All.
3: It drives Ugh. me up the wall. There's so much crap in the textbooks that no, you don't actually do or you shouldn't do. Right. It's just awkward and that's one of them. And I, that's usually like the first way you know if someone's good at Japanese or not. They'll introduce myself <laughs> and like, Watashi no namai wa Peter oh. Donaldson Desh. Never mind. Oh, just go you to say namaewa? Yeah, just, talk, just say, oh, oh Pete Tomashimas or Pete Des Tomoshimasu, oh. Keep it simple, keep it simple. But that's, that's it, really. I was going to go, oh, Chris, it? I brought in Japan des I brought in Japan, or Chris. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, I d- haven't introduced myself recently, but you use the phrase, Yoroshiko about five times in a sentence. So that's yeah, the only yeah, thing yeah. you need to know. Say yeah. your name. All right. Say Yoroshiko Nagashimasu. <laughs> right. Job done. Yeah. Fine, uh, Got one last question here from Fahim. who says, hi, Kent, Chris, and Pennine, Pete. Chris, congratulations on getting engaged to Charlotte. I especially love the fact that it happened at Dirtle Door. My question is, where do you plan to get married? Japan, UK, Canada, or elsewhere? Thank you very much, Fahim. Um, We are going to get married in Hartlepool. Pete is going to (laughs) be the vicar. It's going to be great. Mm. Hartlepool Docks.
1: It's hard, isn't it? You've got three different places that you could do it. You you could go... Neutral Switzerland Philippines <laughs> Do it
3: in yeah, the middle I don't know Yeah Just meet in the middle, well, the middle point. One of those kind of is, weird islands Well the middle point Would be Kazakhstan Or Kyrgyzstan So I think I should invite it's Friends from From cheaper. Japan And <laughs> the UK Actually I met An Australian guy recently When when, uh, when Charlotte needed to get Her ring sorted out Refitted mm. whatever We went to a place There was an Australian guy And yeah. uh, Half his family Were in Australia Half were in the UK And they met In the middle in Dubai, but then they decided they couldn't do it in Dubai for whatever reason. I think it's quite difficult to do a Christian wedding there. So they did it in mm. Georgia instead. And so they all met in the middle in Georgia, which is kind of cool. So oh, we'll do it then. there. Why not? <laughs> Mix things not? up a little bit. Why not? Why, not? Why not? Or we'll do it right in the middle of Canada, the UK and Japan, which is probably the absolute North Pole. And that'd be pretty <laughs> badass. On an icebreaker ship. Why is not? There
1: a way, is there a way to, um, there must be a way to figure out Find out midpoint between countries. Japan,
3: Canada, UK. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon what's it is what's halfway Greenland, or yeah, yeah, Greenland. innit? it? Final answer. <laughs> final answer. Yeah, final answer. It's quite hard, really, isn't it? Yeah. all right. Fine. What have you got? Why it's, do
1: there's, that? There's there's loads of websites that is like halfway between two cities. Um, Based on driving direction, that's not going to work. Um, <laughs> so, find out what's halfway between two or more locations, how to find the halfway, part, yeah. geographic midpoint calculator. There's just a lot of. This is I don't what know, AI I was mean. made for. Yeah. You've got to type GBT. in like, longitudes and latitudes and stuff. That's no good. That's stop, no use that. for crying
3: out loud. I'm going with Greenland. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, the actual <laughs> wedding, for the moment, it's going to be in the UK, I think. Um, mm. Just because family are there. And I think it'll be much easier to do it in the UK for the most part. I don't know if it'll be cheaper. But like, uh, I mean, the UK has got some really nice wedding venues. Not that Japan hasn't. But a lot of the wedding venues in Japan are like these really crappy, tacky, fake castles. Like when I used to live in Sakata, and I don't know if you remember seeing them yourself when you were there, Pete. You drive Mm. down the road and there's like four... Um, around the town There's these big Church looking buildings And they basically Look like love hotels Because they're probably Built by the same company So the (laughs) exterior Looks like a Like a Christian church The interior Mm. Just looks like a shed And that's where A lot of people get married in these kind of bland (laughs) Depressing places There are Some nice venues But uh, yeah A lot of the wedding venues Even here in Sendai Aren't overly great Whereas the UK You've got like castles And Mm. uh, A garden And A palace <laughs> and those just those three locations, but like I, find, I think wedding venues. And, and speaking from experience, working at Leeds Castle, like the wedding venue was pretty damn good. Um, hmm. So yeah, I think a castle, castle could be good. Yeah, or do something cool. like I don't know, a battleship, or something Can I bring like my that. sword? Can I bring the sword? I probably you on can fucking Sweden. wave the sword around. It'd be great. <laughs> well, all I, I I kind of want to theme it though. I want to do like an eighties themed wedding, but without it being tacky but it will definitely I'm
1: trying to think what, in 80s... Was there any 80s castle-based films?
3: 80s castle uh, films. I'm thinking
1: no. <laughs> 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 yeah. ghost, ro- oh, yeah, ghost romances. Films set in castles. Um, in the 80s. There's a lot of films set in castles. <laughs>
3: it's just turning into one great big goo lad, this episode, isn't it? It Google really is. all These yeah. really obscure things for this bloody Prince wedding. Steve, that out. 1981.
1: That's, gonna- oh, that's not even 80s. Oh... Couldn't no. dress like Alan Rickman. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think, oh yeah, I think you can't. Castle in England job done. Castle in England, but we'll see, 80s, we'll see an
1: eighties, an eighties wedding, in a wedding. castle
3: in in England. Lovely stuff. Tick tick Fantastic. tick. Job done. Yeah. Well, I remember <laughs> thanks for him. working on some themed weddings, and uh, yeah, some of them were really like tacky. There was one that was a candy themed wedding, and every mm. table had like pick and mix sweets on it, and it was kind of I'm, cool. I'm into that, I'm into that, but it was also a little, little... bit. I oh, no, it didn't feel right. It felt a bit like well, cheap. I think eating, I think drinking, uh, the thing with
1: um, weddings is like you, you start drinking Prosecco at like midday and you don't stop. And it's <laughs> just your not regular prepared, life, That's if
3: It's just not your prepared day in the life.
1: With like, if you're not prepared yourself with a load of antacids, you may find yourself in a bit of trouble. <laughs> That's all I'm saying.
3: <laughs> very true, very true. Yeah. I think oh, I'll stay away from the candy-themed wedding. It was weird. Like mm. People spent twenty-one grand, £21,000 on this wedding, uh, a nice know. venue, and then everything was like candy-coloured and just just <laughs> shit. It just looked really bad. Um, uh, and one of the benefits of working there was I got to eat a lot of the candy that night. Eh, it made, made life more fun. Most weddings yeah. are all the same. And I think that's another reason I didn't like weddings. Like When you've worked on 100-plus weddings, you see the patterns you see they all use the same music they all have the same first dance to the same stuff and it was just a bit yeah. like oh god I'm cookie this. cutter bullshit yeah but mine <laughs> won't be like that I'll make it good I'll it'll be great it'll be like a journey across Japan episode on steroids <laughs> keep the stories <laughs> questions comments coming in to Podcast at gmail.com guys we'll be back later in the week still over again but for now no matter where you might be out there in the big wide world have yourself a great few days and we'll see you right back here to do it all over again on the Brawn Japan Podcast. bye for now
2: japan is a stack production and part of the acast creator network imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time